Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hello and welcome to the show today. And I have to mention my sponsor with this wonderful outfit, Betty Ryder Boutique. And I just love this red door. If you just go to the plaza at Preston Center, and look for that red door. When you walk in, you'll see fabulous things like what I'm wearing and much more. So thanks to Betty Ryder. Today I have with me Mark Johnson, who's the CEO of JP and Associates, a rapidly growing real estate brokerage firm. He's held a lot of leadership positions. We'll talk about some of those. And he served in our country in the U.S. Army, Medical Service Corps, and went to, ah, yes, Desert Storm. Thank you for your service, Mark. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Let me tell you a little bit more. Um, well, first, he got his master's at California State University and a behavioral change certification from the National Association of Sports Medicine. And he's a fellow podcaster. He has his own show, 131 of them under his belt, which he'll tell us about a little, I'm sure. Here's something really interesting, though. Mark is a sports guy. He's a Spartan. Do you know what a Spartan is? He's an adventure athlete. And a few years ago, <laughs> he did something really strange. He decided to make, quote, one hell of a move, which ended up in a book by the same name. I can't wait to hear more about that. He didn't want to play it safe any longer. And since then, he has done the following. He's climbed the world's tallest freestanding mountain, Kilimanjaro. He's completed the Spartan Trifecta, the LA Marathon, and the world-famous Iowa border-to-border Ragra. How do you say that, Mark? Ragrai. You say it. Yeah, Ragrai. There we go. (laughs) Okay. Ride, among other crazy adventures. Wow. Interesting. Mark, hi. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How does it feel to be on the other side of this? You know, it's awkward, but I'm used to being (laughs) in your seat, so... You know, I'm kind of got the little nervous thing going. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll okay. just guide you right through You'll it. You'll guide me through it. And... I will guide you through it. And we talked about so many things before the show. I obviously want to start about um, all of the things you've done in your past in leadership positions and now CEO of this fabulous, fast-growing brokerage firm. My question is, how does all of this crazy Spartan athletic stuff help you now as a CEO? You see, um, keystone habits is the word that's come to my mind. Mm-hmm. Keystone habits are those habits that I've learned over time have the ripple effect, like throwing a pebble into the pond. Mm-hmm. Those ripple effects of sleep, diet, nutrition, exercise, prayer and meditation, all what I call keystone habits reflect throughout everything you do. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so for me... The keystone habits are the foundation. You know, in the real estate world, you know, if, if you build a house on a shaky foundation, it's going to fall. You have that solid foundation of those keystone habits. Mm-hmm. Everything in the house is solid. I love that. Yeah. That's almost a teachable point of view, which we will get to. There we go. Well, one of the things that you shared that was a life lesson 
was a little bit about that. It was, um, let's just take the one called grit. Grit, yeah. What about grit is a lesson to share with all of us? Yeah. So, so for me, when I think of grit, the first thing I think of is a, a great a TED speaker, TEDx speaker, Angela Duckworth. Angela Duckworth. Duckworth. Okay. She did this amazing TED talk on grit. And I, I think I learned grit in the military. I bet. Because in the military, you know, grit is really about abiding perseverance, adaptability, flexibility. Um, and in the military, you get thrown at, you get thrown at things that, you know, you can't plan for, mm -hmm. right? And so, so grit is that time when in your head you want to quit, but you know there's a bigger purpose. Mm. And, and you keep moving forward and you find a way to adapt, to be flexible, to, in a sense, start with what you're given, right? Um, deal with the situation and, and use with what you have. Mm -hmm. to, to me, that's grit. And, you know, that's a good uh, entree into what you must be dealing with in this COVID situation, mm. Mark. Yeah. So as you are leading your teams throughout the country with this situation that we're in, um, maybe what are a few things that after, when we get into some sort of a new normal, that you will maintain or do more of? In mm -hmm. other words, the good things. Yeah, the good things. Great, great question. You, you know, I was reflecting on this on the drive over. Uh, and it's it's the basics, right? Back to basics. We can't communicate enough, right? And through this whole situation, everyone is hungry for information. What's happening? What's it mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, because we know where we were. We know, you know, kind of where we're at. But we don't really know what's happening in the future. And so the more we can communicate about all of those things. Uh, so we've learned about communication. We've uh, learned about uh, how to have fun, you know, in really? through all this. So we've, we've had a couple comedy nights where we've hired a, a comedy troupe to come in virtually and entertain us. Like for all over the country? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and how many people would be watching? Oh, several hundred. Interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, at first we had trouble finding some comedians that wanted to adapt uh -huh. to online comedy. They were like, well... We always do it in front of an audience. How could this work? Mm -hmm. And so the, the first group I had to convince to, to try it. And, and they did. And it worked wonderfully. And uh, so we did, we did it a second time. And, and the, the folks loved it. So having some of that uh, distraction mm -hmm. during times of uncertainty was, was part of our leadership. By design. By design. Yeah, by design. So tell us a little bit about JP and Associates and what specifically... Besides doing podcasts and being a sports guy, <laughs> what yeah. do you do in your CEO role? <laughs> well, so what we do, we're, we're uh, one of the nation's fastest growing full service uh, flat fee brokerage firms. And so our brand is to the agent. We, we recognize our customer is the agent mm -hmm. and the consumer is the customer of the agent, right? So we service the agent and when we do that well, the agent serves the consumer well. Part of our principles is exceeding expectations. And so when we exceed the expectations of serving the agent, they in turn exceed expectations with the consumer. So it's a complete value chain. Uh -huh. And I think the secret to our growth is servant leadership. Mm 
we pour into our associates, who are all free agents, by the way. All of them are free agents. They could leave today. They can leave tomorrow. They can, their licenses are portable. So every day they make a choice to stay with us or to go somewhere else. Hmm. And so our job is to serve them at the highest level so they want to stay. And what is the longest tenure of an agent? Well, the company uh, was founded by JP eight years ago, and we have, I, I don't have the exact number at the top of my head, but a, a number of folks that have been with us all eight years. All eight years. Yeah. So, so a conversation uh, with JP uh, about coming to Texas. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, the firm had been growing so fast. JP had had a very successful uh, startup, and he had built the company to a point where where many founders come is, uh, you know, they're working 100 hours a week, they're pouring everything into it, and they need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he reached out uh, to me, and we had some great conversations, and one thing led to another, and I made one hell of a move from California to Texas. How did he know you? Well, we had known each other. I had worked uh, uh, with the last 10 years with one of the leading uh, coaches in the industry, uh, the Tom Ferry International Group. And we had known each other through uh, that relationship. He used our tools and resources, and uh, we'd provided uh, training and other coaching services for him. So we had a long-standing relationship. It's all about relationships, life. You know, everything revolves around relationships. There's really very few things that are transactional, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you are transactional, you're at risk. Because then it's a commodity. And we don't want to be a commodity. No. And, and that comes back to you know, relationships, mm-hmm. adding value, uh, being a source of, of knowledge for, for your tribe or whatever you want to call them. Your associates. Your associates, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I thought was fascinating as uh, we talked earlier, Mark, was you mentioned the Parkinson rule. Yes, Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law. Right. How does that, what is it and how does that relate to business? So think about this. Have you ever had a time right before you go on vacation and the first two days before vacation, you like get everything done you need to get done? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, see, that's Parkinson's law because time, work expands to the time you give it, right? So if you give yourself 10 hours to fail on your commitments, you can do that twice as fast as five hours. Right. So one of the things I've learned through hard knocks and other things is work expands to the time you give it. And if you give it five hours, it's going to take five hours. And if you give it two hours, it'll take two hours. You know, one thing we know is done is better than perfect. Mm. Done is better than perfect. And there's a lot of studies that are show, Valerie, that perfectionism is is rising in business in America. Perfectionism Perfectionism by 33 percent. It's actually been studied and monitored. And that perfectionism is causing us um, inaction, to procrastinate, to not get things done. Why is perfectionism gaining traction? Well, the study showed, you know, it, it, it could, could be the media, right? We compare ourselves to others. We're not good enough. You know, all of those kind of things that are pervasive in today's society. Uh, when we know that the fact is, is, getting things done, taking action, mm-hmm. uh, is I looked at everyone that I've worked with and coached over 12,500 of individual coaching hours, done is better than perfect. 
That's very interesting to me because you would think that um, with the amount of Zoom calls that mm -hmm. we're now having and back to back, so many of my coachees mm -hmm. are saying, I'm on Zoom calls from eight in the morning to sometimes eight at night, which is so hard for me to believe. Right. And my question is always, well, when do you get the work done? Right. And they say, what? After hours. We can't, we can't live in this pace. So it's just interesting to me that people on top of trying to be productive are trying to be it, doing it perfectly. Perfectly. And we think what you just described, that there's really some boundary issues there, right? So I'd hope. If, 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 if we don't set and block the time, mm -hmm. Uh, four projects. You know, there's a lot of books written about this. Even if it's a 90-minute focused sprint against those key objectives, mm -hmm. if we don't have that on our schedule, it doesn't exist. So but you're saying put it on your schedule? Put it on your schedule. If it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist. It's one of the key things I've learned that if it's not in my schedule, it, clear, it doesn't exist. I mean, think about it. Have you ever had like something somewhat important and you forgot to maybe put it in your schedule? <laughs> Right? <laughs> yes. And then, oops, right? So if mm -hmm. it's in the schedule uh, and you treat it as a, an important activity, uh, it, tends, it tends to get done. If it's not in your schedule, it's forgotten. Well, I think I'm going to put it in my schedule. There we go. <laughs> um, so, huh. yeah, that's a little bit about Parkinson's Law is, is work expands to the time we give it. That's something to really think about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, what I'd like people to do is more than think about it. Yeah, do it. Have them act on it. Have right? them act on it. Uh, give yourself a deadline. Put it in your calendar. Mm -hmm. Done is better than perfect. And if you start to help develop that mindset, you'll get a lot more done. Well, with all the things that you're doing, CEO, I'm sure you're enjoying sports, mm -hmm. right? The podcasts. What else are you doing? Well, that, that's that, that's about it. Family I'm, time. Try, trying to be a great dad and a husband and. Uh, contribute to the community and those kind of things, but, you know. You'd have to put that in your schedule, wouldn't you, Mark? You have to put that in your schedule. So you're a father of three, and they're grown. Yes. I'd love to hear from you what you've learned from your children. Ooh. I, I love that uh, question. Well, so first off, you know, as I think of my, my three sons, one of the things that by design we worked on is uh, we tried every sport. We tried every uh, curricular activity, a band, theater, music, so, so they could be exposed and, and pick what, what their passion was. Mm -hmm. Not what my, you know, my passion was baseball, but wanted them to, to have exposure to multiple things so, so they could have um, their choices. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, all three of them have picked different passions. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? What are they? What you know, one of them is very into theater and performing arts, right? Uh, one of them is really into a cycling. Uh, that's the son I went uh, on the Iowa ride with. Um, and uh, the other is more into kind of business and, and growth. So, uh, you know, what I've learned from them is really pursue your passions with no judgment. Tell us more. So I'll never forget... Uh, all of my sons, uh, as growing up, had a very wide, diverse set of friends. 
male, female, gay, straight, Jewish, Mormon, Christian. And they could get together, have fun, uh, be friends and buddies without judging their own beliefs. Hmm. Now, they had their beliefs and their systems and whatever they grew up with, mm -hmm. but they still honored and respected each other and could play in the same sandbox. Oh, Mark, if we could just take a shringe and push that out into every human being today. Yeah, and, and so as I think of that generation, that's, what's, that's who's getting ready to take the next reins there you go. as they grow up. So I have great hope uh, for America and, and for our country and our leadership, both at the local and state and, and national level, because that's the generation that's getting ready now to take the next reins. And that's what they grew up with. Are you seeing as a leader in this large organization, are you seeing any differences with the different age brackets? Oh, absolutely. What would those be? So, you know, definitely with the different age brackets, you see a different approach and reliance on social media, right? You know, some of the younger, if we want to use those words, younger in age, uh, adapt and use social media much more effectively mm -hmm. than, than some that maybe didn't grow up with that. So I, th so I think that's a key, bit, key difference. And is that a good thing? I believe it's a good thing okay. uh, for, for, for some. But what's common amongst no matter how long they've been in the business is what you mentioned earlier, relationships. Mm -hmm. All of them that are having any level of success, how they get to that relationship may be different but it all comes back to relationships. That's great information. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about what you call the silent killer. Oh, the five words that kill more dreams than any other? Yes, and by the way, I have to commend you that uh, I read your blogs. Uh-huh. They're great. Awesome. I, I printed them out cool. because I want to read all of them. Yeah. And this one in particular. So yes, tell us about that. Well, so the blogs, I enjoy it actually. It's one of the, the one of the joys I look forward to. And, and typically, what inspires me to write a blog each week is something that's happened with an interaction in a relationship that week, sure. right? So, like you and I are coaching folks, and uh, or myself, where I've got tired of not getting what I wanted, mm. and so I I would write about that. So this is one of them. The, the five words I've discovered through myself and working with others that kill more dreams than any other is I don't feel like it. Oh. I don't feel like it. And so when you think about it, how many times do we, you know, last night we just got back from vacation. My wife didn't want to go to the gym. And I was like, well, maybe I don't want to go to the gym, but I knew I had a bigger purpose. I didn't feel like it, but I went to the gym. And, and so who's in charge, you know, mm. me or my feelings? Mm. And one of the key learnings I've had is, you know, I can't control the thoughts that come into my mind. I can't control the birds. They can fly around my head, but I can stop them from making a nest. There you go. Right? Yes, absolutely. And, and so uh, I, I've learned the hard way and over time to, uh, okay, accept that thought, uh, Acknowledge it, 
claim it, and then redirect it. I think that's fabulous. Yeah. I want you to say it one more time because I've never heard it said so eloquently. Yeah. So, so I've learned the hard way how to to recognize that, you know, some crazy thought comes into my mind. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, I'm going to accept that. I'm going to acknowledge it. That doesn't mean I have to, you know, and then I'm going to acknowledge it and re redirect it. Mm -hmm. What's so powerful about the way you said it is the number of people, all kinds of people, not mm -hmm. just clients, coaches, family, anybody. Um, all of us have these thoughts, and oftentimes I'm told, I can't get the thought out of my mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This keeps plaguing me. I, I've even talked with people about, well, have you got these two voices going on, or what is this? And yes, they'll say, yes, this is, I'm hearing, you know, I, sent, I get a thought about this, and I, I don't want that thought, but I can't get rid of that thought. Mm -hmm. Well, it's usually coming from fear, right? Mm -hmm. Or a disappointment, mm -hmm. uh, a failure. I can't get rid of the, I just made a mistake. I can't, can't get that out of my mind. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for making that so simple that their thoughts can be flying around, but you don't have to let them land, at least not for long. You don't have to, you know, might let them land for a minute, but you can, you don't have to let them build a nest. How do you keep from building the nest? Pattern interruption, redirect. Pattern, interruption, redirect. It redirects. So, so, so to me what that means is being so clear on what you want. It comes a lot, you know, I'm sure there's people in the audience that can relate to, they want to lose weight. That's right? a good one with right? COVID. <laughs> with COVID, they want to lose weight. They want to lose 10 pounds. You know, I've gained a few over COVID. Um, and so if you want to lose weight, uh, but there's cookies out there in our break room, uh, you know, here's my goal, but here's my behavior. Mm. The goal and the behaviors don't match up. So, so at some point, someone's got to hold you accountable, either yourself or your partner or a coach or someone to say, mm. well, hey, your behavior is not aligned with your goals. Mm -hmm. What's going on here? And typically, it's either fear of failure or fear of success. Tell me about it, that. It could be both ways. You know, some most folks have fear that I've worked with have fear of failure. Mm -hmm. But many also have, well, what if I am successful? And, and there's a fear with that as well. Is that part of the, Mark, the uh, imposter syndrome? Could be. Could be. Like, mm -hmm. what if they phone? I want to talk about that a minute. Mm -hmm. There was research done, and I'm sorry I don't have it tip of mind, but it was done with women mm -hmm. in senior positions, mm -hmm. all industries. Uh -huh. And among one of the questions was, do you ever fear that people, do you ever have any fear? In other words, do you ever get to a point where you're so self-confident that you don't have any fears about confidence anymore? To the person, every single woman said, oh my goodness. Oftentimes, I will think, Mom, what if they find out I really don't know that? Or, oh, I hope it doesn't show that I'm, feeling a little bit uneasy about this, all those sorts of things, from which I suppose the imposter syndrome got to be the name. Mm -hmm. I think it, it comes back to perfectionism too, right? 
Hmm. And, and I think uh, women in particular are stronger than dealing with it than men. Uh, Wonder why? I, I think uh, men maybe have to f feel that, you know, you know, macho leader like syndrome, um, maybe afraid to show their emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, you know, we're not trained, you know, many of us grew up, you know, don't, you know, don't cry. Don't cry, right? Kind of a thing. So, you know, it could be, could be related in that. Um, you know, I think one of the things I've learned th through the years is, is we all have some type of bias, whether it's conscious or unconscious. Mm -hmm. And the more we can be aware of that, then we can be more diverse and open. And that's also a very good point in this day and time. Oh, to sure. recognize, because we hear people say, oh, I'm not biased. We all have biases. All have biases. There's even training now, bias, what did they call it? Just bias training or and what have you. Conscious or unconscious bias, right? right? And so the more you can bring that to your awareness, you'll you'll know the biases you have and then you can, you know, recognizing it is, is half the battle. You bet. Yeah. Where did your core values come from, Mark? Uh, my parents. Uh, my parents. Um, you know, I was uh, raised in a in a uh, family that had a strong faith, and my dad was a military officer. Okay. So there was uh, lots of discipline, structure, process. Um, he was an engineer. And so, you know, engineers think, right, you know, system structure process, mm -hmm. right? Gratefully. Um, so it, it comes back to that. Yeah. So it was part of the way you grew up. It was part of the way I grew up. When you, um, when you were moving forward in your career and gaining successes, Mark, um, was there anything that you struggled with more than... Anything else? Some struggle? Oh, totally. T totally. So, so, so many. Uh, but, but the biggest one I think we covered before was really figuring out that those, I'm not my thoughts. I don't have to be my thoughts, right? Those thoughts that those people were struggling with, just like everyone else. I, you know, those two voices, right? Mm -hmm. um, it took me forever to, you know, and I still have to work on it, right? But it took me to ever to, to, to begin to have a greater command of that and to learn that, accept it, acknowledge it, then redirect it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I really struggled with that. Um, uh, you know, so you learn by hard knocks, right? Thank you for being so vulnerable. Yeah, you're welcome. A CEO that's sharing all that transparency. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about CEOs, leaders at any level, at any level? You, you know, I think what I look for in a leader mm -hmm. and what I think other looks for as a leader is transparency. You know, no one wants to know the fake, the, 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 the imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're uh, you know, hopefully we, you know, we're all real. We all have life experiences. We've all had struggles, uh, failures, successes, uh, lost dreams, uh, all, all of those things. And I, so I think that that, that comes to what we can share as a servant leader. It's interesting you 
put it that way, and yet oftentimes, at least in the past, it'll be interesting in the future to whether I hear leaders say this or not, but I've had many say, well, I am this way at work, and my personal life is my personal life, and that's it, mm. and I don't intend to, and they don't, and, and that mentality then, the behavior that comes from it is, you don't know much about me. You can get this far, there's a wall, but don't expect to get this far to get to know me. Where's the balance in that? So that's, there is a balance, There, there is Mark. a balance. You got me reflecting. That seems to be, I hate to use the word old school or out of date, yesterday yesterday's leadership style. Today, I, I'm thinking about my children. You, you said about my children, you, you know, th they're not looking for that type of leader, right? They want to have a relationship with the company they work for, with the leader they have, they work for. You know, think about the companies that are successful today or the ones that are, you know, they have some mission beyond their company. They're giving back, right? Mm -hmm. Tom's Shoes, One for One, um, uh, th those types of things. So, and I think about the leaders I've worked with who I respect the most. They're the same person at work as they are after hours. Mm -hmm. Those values uh, flow through, and, and so they're, they're very transparent that way. You know, uh, I've been asked often, well, how do you know someone's values? Mm. Travel with them. <laughs> Travel with them. So, so when you travel with somebody, mm -hmm. uh, you spend you know time inside and outside work. You're going to learn their values very quickly because you'll observe. You'll observe. Yeah, yeah, and, and you'll see it in all mm -hmm. types of different behaviors, right? And, and so, I, I think today's uh, workers, t today's participants, whether it's whatever political or a business or a volunteer, clearly see through. Uh, values and transparency more than ever, I think, more than ever. Right. So back to your work life for a moment, Mark, as you have interacted transparently, relationally with the many people mm -hmm. in your company, what's the maybe one or two questions or concerns that people today have over and over and over again? Well, particularly in this time, there, there's so much uncertainty mm -hmm. with COVID, right? What does the next three to six months look like? Just three to six months. Well, and even beyond that, right? You, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, in, in our business, it works in about 90-day cycles, right? And, and so uh, folks are hungry for, you know, we, we, we love a certain amount of uncertainty, but we have so much uncertainty right now that there's, very little that is certain. And we need, kind of as humans, we need that balance of certainty and uncertainty. There's just so much uncertainty. So folks are really, that I'm finding, are, are asking a lot of questions, looking for a lot of leadership and direction on where are we headed? What is going to happen? What's the markets look like? Um, and of course, none of us have crystal balls. Uh, but, but that's a very common question. And, and thank you for saying that. Isn't that something to say to employees? It is. It is. I don't even know. Yeah. But so, when I do find out, I will tell you. 
communication. Well, what we've been doing is, is, is we've put together a panelist of leading economists. We just did one with three of the nation's leading economists on real estate, where we had a panel. And we open questions. What do you think? What's happening? Where do you see the future? And of course, you know, what they knew and didn't know. Uh, so, so we did that. Then we had a panel of our own folks, what they think and what they feel. So we've provided venues for, for folks to express and talk about it. That's lovely yeah. to, to allow a venue. Yeah, particularly with the, the economists were, were fascinating. Mm -hmm. And it was great to hear them kind of say, you know, even as an economist, there's certain things, you, you know, we know and certain things we don't know. And Well, let me ask you one more question. Yeah. Everyone's looking for hope. For a while, I was doing Facebook Lives called Raising Your Hopeometer just because I wanted mm. to weekly add to this something that was giving hope. Mm -hmm. Leave us with something from you personally that you would say to everyone listening how to keep your hopeometer up. Oh my gosh, you just made my heart sing. Oh, one good. of my, my favorite quotes is, once you choose hope, anything is possible. I love that. And there's a great book called The Hope Quotient. The Hope Quotient. The Hope Quotient. And it's an actual test you can take. There's an assessment in the book, The Hope Quotient. Oh. And you can test yourself on where you are on a scale of 0 to 10 on your hope quotient. Great. And there's actually seven steps you can take if you want to increase hope. That's awesome. It's actually a measurable thing. Uh, you know, and as a CEO, we know, you know, what you measure uh, can improve. What you measure and report to someone dramatically improves, right? Mm -hmm. So the hope quotient is, um, and we won't get into all of it, but, but part of it is, is serving, giving back. Uh, maybe it's a soup kitchen or a food kitchen, or there's a lot of needs out there right yeah. now that those of us that are blessed to give back, uh, what I find when I, when I do that, it raises my hope mm -hmm. uh, because I've contributed something. Yes. Uh, so it's a choice. Ho hope's a choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and anyway, I get the hope quotient and, uh, if, and, and read it and, and do this, the little assessment and measure your hope. And That's helpful. Yeah, move forward. That's really helpful. It's something tangible. Very tangible. Something tangible. And yeah. speaking of tangible, I have to hold up your book and ask you a little bit about it. As an author, yes, I don't know about you, but it's not easy for most of us to write a book. So what's in this book? So, so tell us so that people can go out and get it. Yeah, so done is better than perfect. As I looked at it over a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, man, there's so many things I would have done differently. And so many things I would do. So we are going to do version 2.0. It has some errors. It has some things that I would uh, do differently. But it's done. It's done. It's better than perfect. <laughs> so uh, over the last uh, 10 or 12 years, I have about a little over 12,500 hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, time with folks, primarily in the real estate space, looking to grow their business. And this is my diary. Diary. Of of the things I learned from, from my clients. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to read someone else's diary? Yeah, basically. One hell of a move, and how do people get it? Don't, don't settle for safe and get on Amazon. Just Amazon. go right to Amazon. and 
Everything's on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon. It's an amazing <laughs> business model, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty amazing. He's done amazing things. Yeah. Mark, what a joy to have you on the show today to learn so many things from uh, someone at the top that's doing everything you can to keep your yeah. company and your people hopeful and productive at the same time. And how can people get in touch with you? And I want you to mention your podcast and yes. your so, business. So they can find me on Instagram at Coach Mark Johnson. Uh, on Instagram, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, they can also find me on LinkedIn uh, and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash success superstars. That's the name of the show, so success, success superstars. superstars on, on YouTube. Uh, we have a couple of uh, great episodes. One I just did with one of the leading uh, sleep doctors. It's a peak performance um, expert hmm. who, who, through COVID, basically told us, you know, hey, are you getting enough sleep? Are you hmm. uh, hydrating in, in your nutrition? And really walked through what we think is performance is working harder when he really exposed us to, to being productive is not only working harder, but getting enough sleep and eating right and exercise and family time. So, so this more balanced uh, approach. And put those all in the calendar. And put them all in the calendar. <laughs> it's not in the calendar. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so I, I can't shake hands, but we can do this, we can do this can't this we? Problem. All right. Great show. Thank you. You made it. All I right. appreciate it. And I just wanted to end with this. Um, Many of you, this is about your, I think, number 80, you're number 88 awesome. on my show. Congratulations. That's, that's two good numbers. And what I came to realize a few weeks ago is I don't often talk about what I do. <laughs> and someone in business said, people don't know what you do. So I just wanted to mention to you that one of the things that I'm, I'm just so joyful that I've had the privilege to do for over 25 years is specialize in helping professionals, leaders at all level. And by the way, everyone's a leader. From the janitor up, everyone's a leader. You have ability to impact and influence other people, then you're a leader. But my business is about leaders who are yearning to grow their businesses, enhance their brand, their personal brand, and show up with more presence. So of all the leadership topics that I do, all of them, speak on all of them, I love my niche of presence and brand, how you show up and how you show up authentically. And that was the impetus for the show. So if you want to know more about that part of what I do, I'd love for you to be a client. Just email at Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Let me know of your interest and let's chat. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.